Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by boxing Hall of Fame broadcaster, the great Teddy Atlas. Today's episode is brought to you by Atlas from the streets to the ring, a son's struggle to become a man. Uh, Teddy's audio books available on Apple and Audible.com. Please check it out. Today's episode, we're going to take a look ahead at 2020, some of the upcoming fights that we're looking forward to, as well as some of the fights coming up in the uh, next week or two. But before we get into it, Teddy, we might have two uh, new entrants into the world of boxing. I don't know if you've seen social media recently, but we've got Antonio Brown and the great Stephen A. Smith throwing hands. And Rob's going to drop some clips up here for you to, uh, I'd love to get well, your thoughts. Well, first of all, Stephen A. Smith is great. He's the best. He, he's the man. He's the man. Antonio Brown, not so much so, <laughs> but uh, in, in my estimation, for yep. what that's worth. But go ahead, I, I, I'll go along with. Want to get a quick I'll breakdown go. of your? Uh, I'll go uh, along with it. Get your thoughts on Antonio Brown's technique here. Uh, uh, he lasted about as long as he did with the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, that's that's about that's about as long as his his season has been. Which was a week longer than he lasted wow. with the Patriots. Oh, yeah, well, that, that's about how long the season went. <laughs> the well, footwork. Well, he's got happy feet. He's, he's jittering his feet a little bit too much. <laughs> you know, like they say about a quarterback. Yeah. Brady, of course, you're a man. He doesn't have happy feet no. in the pocket. you got to be settled. He's, his feet. See that bouncing? Yeah. Happy feet. Shouldn't have those happy See those happy feet? <laughs> he's resetting himself. See how he's doing that little, that yeah. little jumbo, that little bounce yep. to reset himself? Well, you're bouncing. Guess what? Somebody resets your face. <laughs> you, you're vulnerable. So yep. you gotta, So you got to correct that. So you're going to come out and look, the punches were straight. They were basic. They were pretty simple punches, jabs, straight right hand. He kept his hands up. He covered, you know, he turned them over. But that's what I saw in that real quick uh, synopsis and breakdown of uh, Antonio Brown. Now, here's my man. This, uh, oh, wow, I didn't realize he was doing this. Uh, here's my man. First of all, my man, Steven, you got to keep that left hand up. No wonder you got a dislocated shoulder uh, last time. When you were doing some boxing. And didn't I tell you to stay away from boxing unless I'm in there with you? Didn't I tell you that, Stephen? And you promised me you would listen to me. First thing I say, that left hand, what are you fighting, a pygmy? Really? Well, well, not for nothing. But are you fighting a midget, my man? Come on. That punch, why, why, come on. Get that punch a little higher. We ain't getting no, we're fighting tall guys. We ain't fighting no guys that are down around your knees. Come on. And get that left hand up. You're throwing, look at this. You throw your left hand, you don't cover. You throw the right hand, your left hand is down. You're going to get hit a right hand, my man. Come, Steven. All right, I saw the talk. I see that you're turning into the uppercut. You're getting some power in there. Okay? All right. I see it. <laughs> he just gave us that little teaser working on his knockout shot, his uppercut, signature punch. Yeah, listen, and I don't think you need a two-punch combination to handle Max. One will be enough. Okay? <laughs> hey, we're having fun with it. I love Steven. We love him. Uh, he's my man, and um, he's a good man. Let's talk about some of the big fights coming up in 2020 and which ones we're looking forward to and uh, what we should expect. First up is uh, the big one, and we're going to do a much bigger uh, preview and breakdown for this one. We'll do a fight plan. Wilder Fury on February 22nd coming up in about a month. What do you think? What should we look for? All right, listen. Where's the intrigue? Where's the excitement? There's intrigue. There's interest. Where? Three places. Uh, it has to be, right? It's a rematch. One, 
Ken Fury as he was doing in the first go-around? Can he outbox him? The answer, yes. Why, Teddy? Why are you so sure? Because he did it the first time that he could do it? Yes, because Wilder, last time he was in the ring, was getting outboxed by Ortiz, who's a lot older than Fury. You know, he's 41, whatever he is, and less dimensional than Fury. Uh, he just knows how to dimension back and forth, control those dimensions. Fury has the side dimensions that he can throw in there. So it makes it much more difficult. And because of that, yeah, that's the proof that if Ortiz was again outboxing him, winning six to nothing before the hammer got dropped on him, Fury can outbox uh, Wilder again. Kenny, yes, that's the first thing. Okay, second thing. Kenny do it all night long. Oh, that's a little different. A little mm-hmm. different. Kenny do it all night long without getting caught the way he got caught the first time, twice, down the stretch. That's going to be a little bit more difficult because Wilder seems to have developed a better delivery system now where he blinds you with the jab, kind of like the great Theophilio Stevenson, the great Olympian, did. Igor Johansson did the former heavyweight champ that knocked out Floyd Patterson uh, when he upset him. He was from Sweden. And um, George Foreman, the great George Foreman, did in his second, oh, his second comeback, his second, uh, his, his second come around, you know, his uh, reincarnation when he came back for his second career where he developed, he blind you with the jab and hit you with the right. Wilder has gotten really good at that. We just he, he mesmerizes you with the jab. You don't think anything else is coming, and then boom, the right hand is already started. You never see it. You're blinded, and you got a you got a problem. Mm-hmm. You're in deep <laughs> poop, poop, right? And so that's the two of the questions. Then the third question: intrigue, interest that to sell this fight, and this is the big one. If if Fury gets dropped again, can he, will he get back up? Because that's why this fight's happening, because he got up. Mm-hmm. That's why he's making millions of dollars. That's why ESPN gave Fury $100 million uh, to get to this fight, mm-hmm. because he got up. He was on the floor. He was laying there like it was all over. Like, you know, good night, baby. It's over, mm-hmm. you know? And the lights were out. And then all of a sudden, boom! Boom! He hops up. Can he get up? That is what this fight is based on. And if the promoters are smart about it, they're going to they're gonna concentrate on that because it goes deeper than just the ring. It goes deeper and further than the Marcus of Queensberry rules inside that squared circle, inside that chamber of truth that we call it sometimes. It goes much deeper than that. It goes outside the ring. It goes to you. It goes to life. It goes to everybody. Can you get up? You still got a chance to get up. You're having problems in life. Things are going tough. You still can get up. Here's a guy who laid on the floor for nine seconds. It seemed like nine years. And he got up. That's what this is about. You can still get up. Can he get up? Will he get up? Does he want to get up? And this is a guy who has four difficult things in life already, Fury. More difficult than what's in the ring. And what's in the ring is really difficult. Especially you're fighting a guy that's six foot eight, 
uh, whatever wild his dimensions are, and he can punch like that. I think the hardest puncher in the history of the heavyweight division. Mm -hmm. That's how hard I think he punches. And you're facing that. But here's a guy in Fury that has faced things outside the ring, has faced life. You know, the, the, the hooks that life could throw at you, you know? Sometimes the low blows, and there ain't a referee there to say, no more of those. There ain't nobody there, just you. Just you to deal with it, to figure it out. I mean, this is a man in Fury who, he's got that backstory to get you interested, to pull you in. He was thinking about something that no human being, no man or woman should think about on this planet, about giving up the precious gift of life, about killing himself not living anymore. He was in a deep depression with alcohol, with drugs, with personal issues, obviously. And he came back from that. In some ways, it's connected to him laying on the floor. It's like he was laying on the floor right there when he was laying on the floor in that fight, in that first fight, where he was thinking about, do I want to still live? Just like when he was very honest with his emotions and with what he went through and saying that he did think about suicide. He did think about ending it. He did think about giving up. It's like he was laying there thinking about it, like his life was passing right in front of him, like, will I get up? Is it still worth it? Do I still want to live? And when I live, live, when I say live and I use that word, you know, it, it's, it doesn't mean like live at that moment, life and death, that his heart's going to stop, but it means live. Mm. Do I want to embrace everything? Do I want to face what I got to fight? Live. Because some people are not living. Some people are just surviving. That's Just right. getting through. Just making it. Mm -hmm. They're not living. And it was like, to me, if I was to promote it, that's what it would be. Do you want to live? You want another shot at it? It's not too late. It's not too late. Everybody can rise up. And for me, it's that story. And... They have the ability to really promote this fight, you know, because they got the Super Bowl uh, coming up where they're going to be able to promote it. The Super Bowl, they're going to take commercials out where that's probably the most watched event on the planet. Yep. So they're really going to be able to, you know, really drive the people towards this fight. Uh, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting for all those things I just pointed mm -hmm. out. Again, you, you got a one-trick pony. You do. If you're going to get down to bare knuckles, brass knuckles, bare facts, you got Wado. He's a one-trick pony. You don't need Teddy Atlas to tell you. It's all about this. You know, yeah, it's about the jab. It's about his length and all that. But it's about this. And can he land this? Can he land this? And the other guy is more dimensional. He's probably, well, you got one guy who's the hardest puncher in boxing, Wilder. You got the other guy who, in Fury, is the best heavyweight technically. He's probably the most diverse heavyweight technically out there. Usyk hasn't really really made, this, made the front page news yet because he's just coming into the heavyweight division from the cruiserweight, which <laughs> he dominated, and he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's a good boxer too, but he hasn't earned his bones yet mm -hmm. to really, that we can be saying that with the bigger men, with the bigger guys. But... Right now, Fury's the guy as far as being technically the, the best. Mm -hmm. So you got technique against power. It's, 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 it's something to watch for. It's something to, obviously ESPN is bargaining on it. They put all that money up. Yep. 
you know, obviously, uh, you know, Wilder's people, of course, uh, it's going to be a co-promotion, you know, it's going to be a co-promotion with uh, Fox being involved with uh, with PBC uh, and ESPN. I think that it's going to be, I believe the fight is going to be produced by ESPN and then uh, th- there'll be promotional parts of it that Fox is handling and that ESPN will also show. But I think it's being produced by ESPN. And then they're going to figure out, I guess, who the commentators are going to be. They're going to share, I'm, I'm sure. But it's, it's a shared promotion. It'll be interesting. You mentioned Usyk. I saw just this morning a um, comment on social media by Tyson Fury. They asked him about Usyk, and he said something to the effect of, I'm, I'm not going to get the exact words, but basically... I'm not interested in Usyk. He, no one knows him. He doesn't speak English. He's a small cruiserweight. And the, the the person doing the interview said, what if he beats Joshua? He says, I'm still not interested in him. No one knows him. He doesn't speak English. And he was like on those talking points, reminded me of a politician. And I was just thinking, if he beats Joshua and, and you beat Wilder, that's the fight to make. I think it's more than a politician. Ken, uh, I'm, you recognize those things. You point those things out, and rightfully so. But in my world, in this business, all my life, 40 years, he's being a promoter. Mm-hmm. He, he's just selling himself. He's selling himself. He's selling himself as that guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these, why you talk about these, these little, uh, little particles of dust that when, when you're in the realm of greatness? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's selling it. Kind of like Tyson used to know how to sell himself, but also intimidate people. He's, Fury don't do it with that, that edge, yeah. that mean side to him. Fury does it as, you know, the Apollo Creed. He came in with that, you know, you know the American, you, you, uh, the flag uniform. Yeah. You know, he, Fury does it as the court gesture. Yeah. He's the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, he's, well, he's entertaining. And, and hopefully, hopefully he's not, he hasn't lost the edge of the one thing that you have to remember you are in the essence of this whole thing. Yeah, you're making money. Yeah, you're an entertainer. Yeah, you're getting paid because of that. But it's all because you're a fighter. Mm-hmm. You better not have lost that edge mm-hmm. by fooling around with the Harlem Globetrotters, you you know, and being Curly who dribbled the ball all over the place and, and Metalock Lemon, you know, throwing a hook but also throwing a fake bucket of uh, water on you <laughs> but it was really confetti, confetti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you better, when it comes down to being in there with this guy who can punch like that, you you better get back to that part. Yeah. That, that part. And being a guy that can avoid that right hand and can counter real fast and can use his legs to keep this guy off balance. But again, getting back to those those quotes, Tyson used to do that. Tyson, when when he was fighting guys, he used to say, you know, how dare you say that to me when you when you know that I will I will kill you for that. Or you know, I, I forget yeah. what he what he said, but there was one instant he used to say those kind of things, and and in a serious way. You know, uh, why would you say that when I will uh, eliminate you for that? I will kill you for that. Uh, how dare these primitive barbarians challenge me with their primitive spears and rocks? <laughs> and, you know all this silliness. Yeah. But Tyson was taking it from places he had heard it. 
Like when he talked about how dare you talk to me that way when you know I'll kill you. He was being Lex Luthor from a Superman yeah. episode. Seriously. Yeah. He, and he was using it to intimidate guys. But at the same time, it worked for, it worked to generate interest in him. Yeah. Like, like if he couldn't still fight, and then towards the end he couldn't, but, or he didn't want to, but there was still an interest to watch him mm -hmm. because of the craziness that might happen. Yeah. You know? So he was still promoting. So when you hear those things from a guy like Fury and you say, well, it's a politics, I think it's the promotional side that he's just building this image. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, one of the other fights that we have in, coming up this year that I'm really excited for, and I know you are too, is uh, Lomachenko and uh, Tiafimo Lopez. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, Lomachenko, the mechanic. I forget what his name is now. It's the metrics, whatever. Matrix. Matrix. I call him the mechanic. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I used to call his fights on ESPN and uh, on his way up, so I'm very familiar with him. He's a good guy. His father's a very smart guy. Uh, they have a great team. And he's part of the stable of my fighter, Alex Vosnick. And he's, you know, he's terrific in and outside the ring. But he's he's the mechanic, you know. I used to say that uh, sometimes instead of drinking water in the corner or drinking Gatorade, uh, I think he's taking a sip of motor oil, <laughs> you know, or STP, whatever, uh, to help the engine. He's a mechanic. He's a machine. Uh, he's technically so good. He is the Matrix with the angles and Neil, you know, giving you uh, from the Matrix, giving you all those angles. And it, the interesting thing for that is, can the mechanic defuse the bomb? Because Lopez, young kid, 22 years old, just won the title, he can punch. And yeah. he's young. And he believes in himself. <clears throat> and young guys that believe in him, they don't know better that somebody can do certain things. They don't know better. They're dangerous. They, they don't know better. They yep. they just might believe that they can do it. You know what I mean? He's got, and he doesn't know he, how to lose. He's, he's never got that, tasted yeah, that. Yeah, he's, he's got that youngness to him. He's got that belief to him. He's got that that power that goes with that and the real power in his hands uh, and quickness where he can close the gap and he can hit you a sudden punch, uh, a spectacular punch. He's got, he's got that stuff working for him. Can the mechanic defuse the bomb? I don't think Lopez, but 22 years old, let's look at it in an honest way. Would you be, if you were his father, because he's managed by his father, or he's maneuvered by his father, trained by his father, he's done a good job, obviously. Uh, would you be putting him in with arguably the best fighter in the world right now? Technically, I don't think you could argue he's the best fighter, but arguably mentally, Crawford is right there too, don't get me wrong, but arguably the best fighter in the world, pound for pound, you know, a guy who won two Olympics, a guy who had 400 amateur fights and he lost one. One! Uh, do you want to put your guy who's 22 years old, who can punch like a son of a gun, who's young, who's still got the world in front of him, do you think he's ready yet? If you're I, the father, would I you? I wouldn't take that fight now. If I, I don't think he's ready yet. I, I want now. I think they are taking another fight. It's just a matter of when they think the payoff is where it's ready. In other words, they're going to take another fight probably, and then look to make that fight. Maybe take another one. Whatever it is, to me, the more time he can get to develop, to get a little better. Now you don't want to blow it either, but the more time you can take to to let this kid Lopez developing some of those areas you need to develop when you're young like this um, and to allow Lomachenko something that Canelo and them his people were so smart I make these comparisons because they're there 
I reach out and I grabbed him because Canelo waited to fight Triple G. He didn't fight him when everyone wanted him to. He waited a few years. Why? He waited for him to get a little older. Mm -hmm. He saw that he was that he was starting to, you know, shadows were starting to come down alongside him a little bit. And he was getting a little long in the tooth. So they waited and then they, they went at the right time. And it was a tough fight, but they were in a better position to handle that fight by the time they fought him. I think it's the same sort of situation where you got to think the same way, where Lopez's people, of course, there's a timeline on it because when the fight's ready, it's ready. Mm -hmm. When the promoters, when the people are ready for it, you want to try to time it right, mm -hmm. where you can maximize the money. But I think that I think that Lopez, it has to be part of their thinking. Let him get a little older. Lomachenko, I love Lomachenko. Is he starting to show a little bit of father time? I think so. I, I don't think anyone else probably in the sport would say that. But I'm not saying it in any kind of... I, I, I love him. I had him in my top 10 pound for pound uh, after one pro fight. <laughs> and people were, were destroying me over that. Mm. Saying, are you out of your mind? <laughs> but I believe what I believed. I, it doesn't really show a lot, but just to my eyes, just maybe a tiny bit. I mean, when you when you make this much fame, this much success, have 400 amateur fights, uh, you're this good for this long, you know, and you put your body through so much to get ready. Yeah, you're dominating your fights, but the clock's still ticking. It's still moving forward. It doesn't stop for anybody. Time doesn't wait for any man. No matter how good, even if you're the mechanic or the <laughs> yeah. matrix, it doesn't wait. So I think maybe just a little bit of father time maybe is starting to show just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. I can't even explain to you the spots to point out, oh, this, this fight it was. Look, I'm just saying I think it's there. I think a little bit, but I still think he's the best, him and Crawford. And so it's a matter of Lopez, can they wait a little longer? Can that help? Right now, it'd be interesting to see. You see this young kid uh, with with this power in there with this great fighter uh, to see if this great fighter, Lomachenko, could take him apart piece by piece, which he might be able to do. Just take him apart piece by piece. And at the end, when the fight's over, say, oh, there's your power over there. I left it over there. <laughs> see that? You see that little package over there on the side? Yeah. No, no, not there. Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, grab it on your way out. <laughs> I think so. Um, what about the possibility of um, Crawford Spence? They seem to be um, talking on through social media and allegedly had a phone call with each other and said, let's do this. Um, you know, obviously Spence coming off that massive car accident um, and Crawford coming off a destruction of, um, um, what was it, uh, Mean Machine. Um what are your thoughts on a possible uh, Spence-Crawford fight? I don't think it's going to happen because of what you touched on already because there were two different networks, two different promoters. And PBC, you know, Heyman, if you're, if you're a Heyman fighter, as you're a fighter, you <laughs> should get a bunch of Christmas cards and send them out to Heyman and, and send them on Easter too. Not just Christmas. Matter of fact, send them... Every other weekend. Don't even wait for holidays. Send them on Thanksgiving. Send them all the time. Because Heyman has made a lot of fighters rich. He, he really has. And he's doing, he's doing a round robin. 
if you really look at it. He's doing a sort of a round robin where he's got all his fighters in PPC and they're just they, they just go around and fight each other, you know, and he and he keeps it in house, which mm-hmm. all these promoters do. Yeah. That's what they do. That's the thing right now. The only time they step outside of the fight's big enough where they have to mm-hmm. or they want to. Uh, you know, maybe they have to. A guy like Aram, you know, he's got a great deal with ESPN, but he doesn't. He didn't quite have the inventory maybe ESPN thought he had when he first started it. You know, maybe the warehouse wasn't quite as full as it was. It had Lomachenko, it had Crawford, it had the top guys. No, no doubt about it. But, but you couldn't fill a card with just those. They, those guys can't. I got news. They can't fight every week. Mm-hmm. You got to have other guys. So they started making deals with with Hearns and with the, where where guys you know with where they would start and they're doing it. They've been doing it. Or where they'll be able to, you know, put those fighters together, get together, and be able to subcontract. I think that's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Where where you you sub out uh, with with different promoters to fill your cards to where where you don't have uh, the inventory to put that many cards on, so you have to go to other places and you make deals and you and you start to share and you start and that's good because you get you get some interesting fights and we have mm-hmm. and we've been starting to see some of those uh, some. Some of them are going to be harder. The big ones like like Crawford and Spence. Again, uh, you got to make a deal. You got to figure out that both guys, both promoters. They don't want to lose their big guy. They they the their big enchilada. Mm-hmm. You know the the golden goose. <laughs> uh, they they don't want to lose that. So if they can keep fighting other guys, it gets to the point where you can't keep doing that. Where the fighter demands it, the public demands it, somebody demands that. No 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 stop. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Porter fight everybody. That, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? That kid, you got to love Porter. Tough guy. And listen, making we're not crying for him. His bank account keeps getting bigger. Yep. And and to his credit, he's gotten better in some areas. So I give him all the credit in the world. But, you know, every everybody, he's kind of like he's kind of like that commercial years ago. You're probably too young for this, believe it or not, even though you got a little grave, somebody said, <laughs> when you were running. But uh, that commercial, remember that commercial that we're eating cereal and it's and I, I try it. No, you tried the, the kitchen. You know, they don't like <laughs> to try. No, Mikey, you try it. Mikey, Mike, Mikey, you try it. Mikey eats everything, right? <laughs> Porter should have that commercial. Porter will try it. He'll fight him. He fights everybody. Hey, give it to Porter. Give it to Porter. He fights everybody. You know, and and you know that's what it is. So, do I think it ain't gonna happen now? Because first of all, something happened, like you said. Right now, the situation with that car accident, which Spence is lucky to be on this planet, and I'm sure that he, he thanks his, the man upstairs every night. That's his business. That's not mine, but I'm, I'm sure because I always think of Spence as a good human being and uh, conducts himself outside and inside, but he made a big mistake that night, oh, yeah. and, and that was dangerous. You know, that's, that, that was a, he's lucky he's alive. He's lucky nobody else got hurt. Thank God. Yep. Just thank God. We're, very, we're, we're all fortunate as people that nobody got hurt, and we're all grateful uh, for that, uh, like we would always for that kind of situation. And now the situation is that he's got to have a fight before a big fight like that. So it's not going to happen right away. And the X factor there is we don't know how that's going to impact him. We don't. A lot of people say, oh, he's okay, Teddy. We saw him do the commercial. I mean, we saw him do the interview. He's fine. He's okay. You don't know. You don't know the extent of what you don't know. That's right. And, And you don't know mentally how he was affected. 
So he's got to get, and you don't know how he looks at things philosophically now as a human being. He's a human being. He's got a heart in him. He's got a mind. He, there's more than just boxing. You don't know that now that hasn't changed his whole outlook where he says, you know, boxing's not as important as it used to be. You know, life is more important. Really, yeah. you, you hit these moments. Those, those things can happen to you. Where, where that comes to you and you say, hey, there's more important things. Boxing's important. Don't get me wrong. Look what it's done for me. It's given me this house. It's given me the ability to take care of my family. It's given me this fame. It's given me all these things. Thank God for it. Uh, and I've worked hard to have it. But it's, it's not the most important thing. I, my life passed in front of me. I almost died. Mm -hmm. There's more important things in life. So he could start thinking that way. And when you start thinking that way, is that going to affect how you approach... Would you approach in a ring the way you used to? Yes. 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 Will it? I don't know. But it can. It can. So, again, we don't know. You can't just look at the effect by marks on his face or lack of marks on his face or, or an x-ray of bones that were chipped or not chipped or not broken and how blessed he was. This. How is this affected? Yeah. You know, how will that affect him moving forward? So... I know that's a different perspective probably than, yeah. but that's one that has to be counted or thought of. So uh, would I love to see that fight uh, at the right time where both are 100%? I'd love to see it. Because for me, you see, you see the Southpaw Spence, the physicality, the toughness, the relentless, the determination. You see, the, you see all of that, all of that, the body punching, power, all of that, and, and in a good package, where he was an Olympian, he knows what he's doing, he knows how to fight, he likes to, you know, try to get to you, you versus the length, the height, the, the, of Crawford, the, the genius of Crawford, what do I mean by genius, where it's not just about physical attributes, it's about, he's the most instinctual fighter I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen a more instinct. I've seen a lot. Uh, he, his instincts are unbelievable where he can change something in the midst of doing it. You know, like, like, I, like I say with the, with the jazz musicians, the great jazz horn players, whether it was Armstrong or whoever it was, they could, they could change a note as they're doing it. They could create their own note. Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar differently, upside down. He makes his own music. You know, the, the great ones can create it as they do it. He's got that innate, instinctual ability, Crawford, where, as I said before, it was a big statement, I said that Wilder's the hardest heavyweight punch I've ever seen in the history of the sport. I would say that Crawford might be the greatest instinctual fight I've ever seen in the history of sport, and I've seen a lot of them on film and personally, and, and going way back, and there's some great ones. But he's one of the great ones instinctually, where, as I said, he can create it. He can make it up as he does it, uh, just without even realizing he just instinctually. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to see, I would love to see that ability with his length and ability to control the outside, but also with the confidence to go inside. More than confidence, the pride, like he showed against Mean Machine, where, no, no, I'm supposed to fight on the outside with this guy. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go get him. You know, where, where he just wants to get a guy. That, that, that bulldog, that pit bull dog mentality that he has. He's got it. 
Mm-hmm. He has that like Sugar Ray Leonard hat with the smile and with the Seven Up commercials. People didn't know that he had that. That he was a mean son of a bee. You know <laughs> when you got in there with him, they didn't oh, yeah. understand that part of Sugar Ray Leonard. They just saw the flash, the great smile, the charisma, all that stuff. No, 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 no. He had that pit bulldog, and so does Crawford. So. Would I love to see those two guys clash with those different sets of abilities uh, and and see who comes out on top? Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good one. It would be interesting to see what happens with Spence with the uh, post-car crash. Um, more immediately, though, next uh, next week on January, uh, on this coming Saturday, on January 30th, we've got uh, Demetrius Andre versus Luke Keeler for the WBO middleweight title in uh, Miami. What do you think? There looks to be a mismatch on paper. Uh, I'll be curious to see if Andre can uh, get a stoppage. He tends to be a little bit more um, technical of a fighter, not a huge knockout artist. So I'll be curious to see how he does against what looks to be a um, lopsided fight. Listen, Andre has an ability to do a lot of things, to get a knockout against a lot of guys. He has that kind of ability. He's an Olympian. He's got great size, great length, like I was talking about Crawford. Great physical uh attributes, uh, physical ability, good speed, good power. Uh, he's not lacking power. Uh, good technique. Uh, he, he, really, he really has all of those things, but he's not exciting. He, he's kind of like Klitschko. He, he uses, your personality gets in a way. Not in a way, but it drives you. You know, you can, you can have a Ferrari that's meant to go fast, baby, but then... It depends on who's the driver. Yep. The temperament of that driver. The judgment of that driver. You know, if if you're putting Miss Daisy behind the, you know, remember that movie, mm-hmm. Driving Miss Daisy? If you put Miss Daisy behind that wheel, it's going to go slow, even though it's a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. So Andre's dis- disposition, his, his makeup, you know, is, is it's to be careful. It's to be careful. It's to be thoughtful. Nothing wrong with that. It's got him a world championship. It's got him. Uh, it's got him undefeated. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't mean that it equates into excitement. It's kind of like Klitschko. I make that yeah. a, where Klitschko was dominant for ten years. Uh, where where he was efficient, he was effective, but he wasn't exciting. I'd yeah. rather watch a house dry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Really. I you know I I sit outside there. You know, get get a nice lawn chair. <laughs> you know, get some lemonade, whatever, or cold beer, and, yeah. and just watch the house dry. And to a certain extent, Andre, you know, has a little. And it's not. I'm not knocking him. I'm, I'm, again, my job here is to point out things that maybe someone else wouldn't point out. Yeah. And and to make you guys as aware as you can with things that are out there to be aware of and but he's a guy who knows when uh, when he's when push comes to shove what's inside him he he hasn't really been put in that kind of fight yet mm-hmm. but it, it's hard to get him that kind of fight because part of this is it is an entertainment business and it is about putting guys out there that are good like he is and he's good mm-hmm. i just said it but that also got the other x factor the yeah. excitement you know there's a reason why mcgregor in the ufc is uh, can lose a couple fights and come back and still make all this money he's exciting mm-hmm. you know i mean there's a reason why arturo gatti could lose fights god bless him uh we lost him too soon but it's a reason why he could lose fights and the and still come back on network and they put him on and and be a full stadium this is because he was exciting there's a reason why Tyson could lose fights and, and come back and still be on network and still have a full stadium because there was something there was intrigue about what he might do you know there was there was drama 
and you don't get drama too much to that extent with Andre. Uh, but you do have a long, tall guy that can control the outside. He he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's undefeated. Uh, he is probably a mismatch. I mean, he's in there with Keeler, who's got two losses, one of them a knockout loss, and um, and he's also he's also got a draw. I made sure I made... I do my work, by the way. <laughs> you guys think we just show up and we just start blabbing? No, we work at this. We actually work at this. And um, so Keeler, just like when I was doing Friday Night Fights and when I was doing ESPN, you know, the ringside uh, calling of the fights, I, I would do my, my work. And I found out, lo and behold, that Keeler, of course, has a draw to a seven wins, 29 losses, and five draw opponent. Now, that, that doesn't mean that there's not some guys with bad records that are better than their record. There are. But it means something. It means, it means something. It means he has a draw with a guy 729 and 5. All right? And, and he's gotten knocked out. And he's, you know, he's in there most likely over his head. Put it this way. Whatever it means, you know what it doesn't mean? It doesn't mean that I'm marking that down on my calendar <laughs> as, as having to be home to watch that. That's what it does mean, Ken. It, it means that I'm taking my wife out to dinner <laughs> that night, and, and I'm not staying home to watch that. Well, take her out for the main event, but stay home and watch the fight on the undercard because this fight is going to be exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. Jojo Diaz, Tevin Farmer. Yeah. A lot of bad blood. Both guys come to fight. Both of these guys are exciting. Uh, I, 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 In different ways. Yes. But go ahead, yep. finish. I expect, this, I expect someone to get probably knocked out, at least dropped. I, this, this, this one looks great. I'm excited I, for it. I, first of all, Diaz, Olympian. Mm -hmm. uh, he knows how to fight. He's Olympian. He, he's, uh, he's fighting Farmer. Farmer's got a few losses, got several losses. Farmer's a throwback. Farmer's yeah. a... He's from Philadelphia, right? He's from Philly. Uh, he's got fighting in his blood. He's got the right attitude. He's had to do it the hard way. He had to earn his way. He had to earn his stripes to get here. Yep. He had to fight guys. He had to fight guys in their hometowns where he was the underdog, where he wasn't being taken care of. You know, he had to earn his, his way to where he is, and he learned how to fight. Mm -hmm. He knows how to fight. Um, he could be. A, he's a real slick guy. He, he could fall into the category of being a stinker because he's so good defensively that, oh, my God, like, like what am I doing? I, I don't want to watch Casper the Friendly Ghost, <laughs> you know, where you can't touch him. You, yeah. can't, you go right through him. There's nothing there. You know, it's just mist. I mean, Farmer's really slick, but he'll engage you too. Yeah. He will engage you. He'll, he'll, he'll sit down and he'll walk to you make you miss. He, he's got a little bit of Floyd in him with the defensive uh, abilities and a little bit of Pinnell Whitaker where he'll, he'll be in front of you too and, 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 and make you miss. And he's really smart. These he's guys really don't like fight. each other. He's really smart. He's really slick. He's really fast. He's really hungry. How can you be not hungry when you come from where he came from? Mm -hmm. Where you had to, where you, where you got losses, where they wrote you off, and you had to upset people. You had to surprise people. Yeah. You had to go into people's hometowns to beat them mm -hmm. to do it. Jojo Diaz, of course, a guy that was an Olympian. Here, here's where the where might help you to handicap because I know that you guys might be out there with my friendly bookie, whatever it's called, my bookie <laughs> and stuff, right? And and you might be putting down a friendly wager here or there whatever i'm not obviously i'm not asking i'm not uh not encouraging i'm it. not encouraging betting no but we know we know people do it i mean mm -hmm. right we yep. we know if you are 
looking to put a little bit of a wager, which people do, uh, down, and you can afford to do it uh, without hurting yourself, I, I would think about helping you with the handicapping of it that remember that Jojo, Jojo Diaz... Uh, There's been a lot of bad blood between these two guys. I yeah. expect to see them going on, trying yeah, to take th- each other's head off. His, his one loss is to Gary Russell Jr. Yep. And you know what Gary Russell Jr. has in common with Farmer? He's a good boxer. Yeah. He can use his legs. He can be slick. You know, he's a safety-first guy. You know, uh, he's a real slick guy, Farmer. Uh, and and, and uh, uh, Russell Jr. And Jojo... Diaz has, as I said, he lost. He lost. He he lost to. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting who I just said. Gary Russell. Yeah. He lost to Gary Russell Jr. Who Gary Russell Jr. also lost to Lomachenko. And Gary Russell Jr. is an Olympian, uh, and a world champion. But the thing that's significant is the style. Diaz had a problem with the style of the boxer of Russell. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a trouble with Farmer. I'm going to pick Farmer in this fight. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of people like Diaz, he's aggressive. You know, he's a guy that could keep the punch numbers up. Uh, he's going to have to go to the body. I'm sure that that's going to be part of the plan because while the head of Farmer's moving and he's slick and he's elusive, the body doesn't move. So you go to the body, you know, like the old timers would say, you you go to the body, you, you, uh, you kill the body and the head will follow. Mm-hmm. The old timers would say that. So... I'm sure that that's going to be part of the the idea for him is to go downstairs where he can find the stationary target. It's going to be tough. It should be interesting. It should be a good fight fan fight, a good boxing aficionado fight mm-hmm. because you get a little of everything, bad blood, guys that can stand there in the pocket and fight, and guys that can box yeah. uh, and, and have the right mentalities that are hungry. Uh, I think it's it's a very interesting... That one... That one I would mark on my calendar, and I tell my wife that we're making an early dinner <laughs> so we can get home because Ken advised that I get home. <laughs> I get home early. Yeah, and then uh, the following night we've got um, Jose Ramirez against Victor Postal. Yeah, for the WBC WBO Junior Welterweight Title. Yeah, Ramirez. I mean, Ramirez and Postal, very interesting. Uh, Postel got his first Lord champion. It was a unification fight, if I remember correctly. He got his first loss against Crawford. Then he had another loss against Jason Taylor. So, you know, he's lost two fights probably in his last four fights, five fights, whatever. Josh Taylor. Uh, Josh Taylor, I'm sorry, from London and uh, Southpaw. So, you know, you got got Postel and Ramirez. Ramirez, strong, aggressive, he impressed me in the hooker fight uh, where he not only got to hooker and he knocked him out and everybody thought that that's what he had to do, be a bull in the china shop, but he was a smart bull and he wasn't knocking over a lot of china. He was using his jab, you know, against hooker who could box and was the better boxer, you know, supposedly going into that fight. Ramirez showed another dimension. He got extension on his punches, 
which I hadn't really seen him do. I saw him have to always get in close to do anything. Uh, he used the jab, as I just said. He stabilized Hooker on the outside. He's going to need that jab. He's going to need that jab. He's going to need that jab against Postel. Postel has a difficult style. Mm -hmm. But a little bit like I took a shot at Andre. And I wasn't taking a shot at Andre. I was just pointing out the truth. Yeah. That he's not. That he's really efficient, but not always exciting. Uh, his style. Postel's style, not really exciting. Uh, again, a guy that, that is long, he's tall, he, he'll go in and out a little bit on you. Um, he's he's always thinking, he's thoughtful, he's careful. Uh, difficult style, post-style, not an easy style. Uh, in some ways, a style that could take advantage of, of Ramirez just walking in. So Ramirez has to be what he showed me in the hooker fight, not a guy just walking in, a guy who faints a little bit, a guy who uses his jab, a guy who's smarter than that, who's more dimensional than that, because Postal otherwise looked to pick him, pick him off coming in. Mm -hmm. Interesting fight. I like Ramirez, but interesting fight because of the style matchup uh, in that fight. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Ramirez, and I'd love to see him fight Josh Taylor if he can get through Postal. Boy, that would be a big fan fight too. I mean, either... In Southern California, where Ramirez is from, you know, with the backdrop of all that, where he helps the farmers with the water, and he's behind them, and he's doing a good thing, uh, all the people would come out, or in London, yeah. where they fill the stadiums. Yeah, they definitely I mean, come out to support their fighters in uh, in London. Well, listen, we've got a lot to look forward to this coming year. We'll hope to bring you guys some really good content. Um, thanks for being with us. Thanks for all the support through 2019. We're looking forward to an exciting 2020. Please check out Teddy's audio book. Here it is. If you've read the book, there's some bonus content on the audio version available on Apple and Audible.com. Guys, please, if you like it, if you like the show, leave some comments, leave a review on Apple iTunes, on the iPod page, and uh, comments in YouTube. We try to respond when we can, and uh, thanks for being with us. I hope you win your bets uh, only if you're betting carefully and smartly and not recklessly. You know, don't be taking money away from your rent money or nothing like that. You know, make make a be. Be a big spender like Ken. Make a two-dollar bet. <laughs> and with that, we'll tell you. We'll see you later. Oh,